It's Thursday, so that means it's time for another episode of the Worry Less, Pray More show with Chris Einwechter. Today, we're going to talk about how persistence can overcome resistance. So sit back and relax, because here's Chris. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm here with my main man, Pots and Pans, TJ Laurie. How you doing, TJ? Ready for another radio broadcast? I'm good, man. I'm always pumped for this broadcast. It's like my favorite time of the week, actually. Or it's becoming, you know what? It's only the third one, so it's really becoming my favorite time of the week. Amen. Yeah, I'm excited too. And I I feel the same way. It's like I wait all week long for this day, you know what I mean, to record this broadcast. So it's, it's, uh, it's been going good. It's been exciting. We got some good stuff to talk about today. Of course, we've been talking about prayer. You know, last week we talked about the prayer before the prayer, you know, talking about God's will. Right. We talked about, you know, that if you pray for something, you know, it, it may not get answered if you're not in God's will. Mm. And and how do you find out that you're in God's will? Yeah, you ask. Right. Why you not pray. ask? I right? mean, that's one of the avenues, right? Yeah. We talked about reading God's word as another way to discover God's will. And we said that in Ephesians, it says, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So God doesn't want to keep it a secret. He wants us to know his will for our lives, for praying. And uh, so it's good stuff. But knowing God's will you know, is powerful because it's what God supports. It's like if you had a Marine in Afghanistan and he's in a firefight and his weapon jams up, he goes back to the base and he and he goes to this guy called the armorer who's in charge of the weapons, you know, and the Marine's there. He's in Afghanistan. He's fighting for his life. His weapon's malfunctioning. And he says, listen, I need a new weapon. Is that armorer in Afghanistan going to give that Marine a new weapon? Yeah, he's going to have to. He's, he's going, there to support him. He's there to support him, exactly. So I, I liken it to the same way when we're talking about God's will, you know, wrapping up from last week, is this. When you're doing something that is God's will, right, he is going to do what? It'd be foolish for God not to support you. you right. Know? So if I was working for you, TJ, and you do video work, if I was working for you and, I, and, I, and you sent me on a job, a video job, and I said, called you on your cell phone, I said, TJ, this camera's not working this is not working, the microphone's not working, all these things, and we have all these people here, uh, could you come out and help me, you know what I mean, or bring me a new camera? And it's your business. I'm just your employee. Yeah, man. Yeah, it would benefit me to come out and bring you whatever you need, just like it would benefit God if we're in his will. Right. If if God is to be glorified. That's right. He wants his will done on earth as it is in heaven. Exactly. That's what the scripture says. So, So it's important to know God's will, and we covered that a little bit last week, but I'm excited about this week's broadcast as well, because we're still talking about prayer, and we're still talking about some possible hindrances to prayer, you know, and one of them today is resistance. Right, but before that, before resistance, what, you know, what do you have to do when you pray? You know, like, some people would think, like, oh, I just pray. If I pray for something one time, God's going to hear it, and God's going to answer it, but we know the Bible tells us different. Right, the Bible teaches us to be persistent, and what I like about these teachings that we find in Scripture, which we're going to go over in a minute, about specifically persistence, it's not, you know, your buddy, or it's not the Apostle Paul, James, Peter, not the priest or the pastor down the street that's talking about it. It's literally Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. He's the one teaching through the Scriptures about persistence, and I love that. Right, it's the old red words in the Bible. It's the red, man, it's red. <laughs> When you talk about persistence in the Bible, you're going to find some words in red, which means the Lord himself is saying, hold up, 
wait a minute, this is me talking about it and teaching and preaching about it. And I, and I think I think you'll agree with me, maybe our listeners will agree with me, that if there's anybody that knows about resistance, it's Jesus Christ. Mm. I mean, you think about his birth. What happened right after his birth? There was a king named Herod. And, and what did he do to the, every child two years and under? Yeah, it was mass, you know, mass murder. murder. He murdered right. every baby. And, you know, in an effort to extinguish our only hope of salvation, our only hope of forgiveness, this king was uh, set out to, to destroy Jesus Christ. So right when, when Jesus Christ was a baby, he was resisted. You know, every step of the way of his ministry, he was resisted. So when Jesus is talking about resistance, he knows what he's talking about. I mean, he's God anyway, so he always knows what he's talking about, rather whatever topic. But I just like how he took the time out to teach his disciples about being persistent and how important it is. Right. And and why do you think that, that God would, would say that? persistence is important you know because if if i'm you know a new believer or a non-believer and and i would think i can just throw a prayer up there and god's gonna hear me like what's what's the reasoning behind being persistent right well that's a good question and you know sometimes you can sometimes you throw a prayer up there right and just like you know out of desperation yeah or even just casual conversation with god yeah which you know i want to let people know that you can have that Mm. you know but what we're talking about when resistance is involved in prayer, there, there's a thing called God's will. We, we talked about it on uh, last week's broadcast. So I picture God's will in heaven. Let's just say God's will is in heaven in the back of a dump truck. You ever see a dump truck and the, the boom goes up and the back of the dump truck dumps? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, and then stuff falls out of it, right? The tailgate right. opens up, firewood. You ever get firewood delivered or sand yeah, delivered totally. or asphalt? Whatever it is. In America, we use dump trucks, right? Right. To get some jobs done. Well, in heaven, just picture a big old dump truck in heaven, right? <laughs> and everything in the back of that dump truck is God's will. Things that God wants to accomplish in your life, in the lives of others, in the church, on earth, whatever it may be, it's all God's will, all His plan. But the thing about it is, God's will does not automatically happen. You know, there's a story in the Bible about a guy named Samson. Now, God had a will and a plan for Samson. He was literally set apart, the Bible says, at birth for the work of the Lord. Right. But what happened to Samson? Samson decided he wanted to go his own way. He wanted to go his own way. God then put him in a headlock and forced him to go his way. So God's will, we're talking about God's will now, God's will, I don't believe, was fully accomplished in Samson's life the way God would want it to be accomplished you know what i mean samson kind of took a detour you know yeah and unfortunately our free will gets in the way of god's will oh man that's good (laughs) (laughs) i've been been hanging out with you too much man (laughs) yeah our free will does get in the way of god's will and what i tell people all the time is god is not in the habit of putting people in a headlock saying you will do such and such no, he, he doesn't do that, you know. If you want to learn, if you want to walk with the Lord, you want to do different things, you know, God will say, yeah, let's do it. But when you go the other way, God's not going to be like, hey, if you if you want to go sell crack on a street corner, God doesn't want you to do that. No. You know, and there's a lot of people that don't want you to do that. But if you're dead set on doing that, then God's not going to force you to walk with him. He's going to allow you to go sell crack on a street corner and the consequences will probably mount up and you know they're coming 
you know? Right, which is such a crazy discussion because a lot of times we say things like in church, you know, that that like, uh, what is, what's that? The church, churchanese is what you call it? Or Christianese, that's what it is. Christianese, yeah. Yeah, and we would say, oh, God is sovereign, you know, like, so God's in control of everything. And so it, it's kind of an uh, interesting debate or an interesting discussion topic to say like, well, if God is sovereign, then how does our free will work into that? Right. Because it's so clear that we do have free will and we can go against God's will. But then God also knows when we're going to make decisions that he doesn't want us to make. Right. So, yeah, it's amazing when you really, when you really drill down into this thing called God's will, what he allows, what he, they're, they're what they call God's permissive will, mm -hmm. what he allows, right? He'll allow you to walk away from, you know, he will allow you to turn your back on the Lord. He will allow you to kick him, God, to the curb. He's not going to force you you know, to love him, you know what I mean? Because right. you would, if you were forced to love anyone, it's not really love. You would be a robot. Yeah. So God wants to be loved. It's the number one commandment in the Bible. He's not going to force you though, to love him. He will not. He, he will not. He will not force you to come to know Jesus Christ, right? As your Lord and savior, the only means and mechanism of being truly forgiven and knowing God as a father is through Jesus Christ. But God won't force you to do that. And, and, you know, people say, well, you know, this person or, or maybe this person will, will come to Christ. Well, God allows you to make that choice. Mm. You know, he will, he will allow you to make the choice for Jesus Christ or not. He will not put you in a headlock, you know. So when people, people start to see that and they understand that. Now, he has a sovereign will, mm -hmm. you know. There's a permissive will and there's a sovereign will because God is sovereign, meaning he's in control. The sovereign will is... I absolutely won't allow that to happen. Well, I'm going to wipe Israel off the map with a nuclear weapon. And God will say, not today you won't. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, Jesus said, not a bird falls to the ground apart from the Father's will. So not even a bird can fall from a tree branch to the ground apart from God's will. Yet, we have this thing called God's permissive will, meaning he will allow certain things. And usually you'll see that more when it's in relationship with him relation you know things to deal with god you you uh relating to god as a daughter or as a son you know what i mean god will allow you to walk away from him hmm. you know but he won't allow you know certain things that are not time yet like you know they tried to kill jesus from day one right and it took until that you know when god said this is when it's going to happen right you know all this all this predetermined stuff had to happen first exactly and there was no way no matter what military you had you could have the marine corps you could have whatever but until god allowed it to happen you know satan went before god one time mm -hmm. and he questioned god about one of god's servants right named job yeah he said that he couldn't get to Job. You know why he couldn't get to him? This is Satan speaking to God. He said, I, 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 would, I would get Job to curse you to your face, but you have a hedge of protection around that by his own admission said, I cannot get through. Satan admitted that he could not breach, you know, God's protection that he had around Job. Wow. And then what happened? God allows him to, to breach it. God allows, that word allow. Yeah. Right, so God allows him to breach it. He goes into Job's life, wrecks havoc. But you know what God did in that same conversation with Satan? He put parameters around. Even though he let that hedge down, what did you remember? What he told uh, Satan? 
Yeah, it was, he couldn't kill. He couldn't kill him. Yeah, couldn't kill him. Right, so he was allowed to enter into the realm of Job's life, his family, his housing, his right. finances, and all these things, but he was not allowed to go any further. He couldn't kill him. You know, so when we're talking about God here, we're talking about a sovereign God who sits on a throne, who is in control of the universe. He's in control of Satan. Satan is on a leash. But for God's purposes, which sometimes we don't understand, you know, it's like that 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 when people go poof, you know, and uh, take their hands above their head, and it's like the explosion. You know what I mean? It just blows your mind. But listen, God is sovereign. He's in control. But yet he does allow things to happen. He allowed Samson to go visit Delilah. And, and, you know, wreck havoc in his life. He allowed it. It's not his perfect plan, but he allowed it. I mean, there's another verse in the Bible that talks about when Jesus was crying over Jerusalem. He was like, oh, Jerusalem, 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 how I've longed to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you were unwilling. Hmm. So God didn't force them. Right. You know, so there's that thing in there, you know, God allows it to happen. Yeah. And and God allows resistance from the enemy to resist our prayers. You know, it's not like sometimes he'll just step in and say, "Oh, no, you can't resist TJ's prayer." You know, no, you're allowed to you're allowed to resist TJ's prayer. I permit it. But I also permit TJ to use some tools that we're going to talk about next to defeat you. I think God gets great joy out of this thing called prayer. You know why? Because there are spiritual beings that we can't see. In the heavenlies, there's angels, there's demonic forces, there's this, there's this person called Satan who's a fallen angel, right? And God's on a throne. People think that God is fighting Satan one-on-one. -on -one. No, God is the referee. Angels battle <laughs> Satan, you know? Yeah. God is the referee. He's got the, the white and black striped shirt on with the whistle on his chest. Right. You know? And he's probably a better referee than we're most used to. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> not making those bad calls. I'm sure. No, God never makes a <laughs> yeah, bad call. Man. So... God gets great joy, though, when a flesh and blood vessel, born of a woman, right? The Bible tells that talks about, talks about us humans that we're a little lower than the angels. Hmm. Yet, we can defeat these heavy demonic forces through this thing called prayer. And prayer is resisted, like we've been talking about in the beginning of the show. But there is a way to overcome that resistance from the enemy. And it's incredible because God probably just sits on his throne saying, Watch this. You got this big old spiritual force coming up against this person. And, and with the tools I've equipped them with, they're going to defeat him. And it probably frustrates the enemy and gives great joy to God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not only that, the scriptures also say that we have authority. We have authority. Oh, that's a whole nother. Whole other episode. That's a whole nother episode, which I would love to talk to. Oh, yeah. We're going to get there. And talk about. Yeah. But today we're talking about... Uh, overcoming resistance right with this thing called persistence persistence overcomes resistance that's right there it is yeah and uh if we go to luke 18 we're talking about some letters that are in red meaning you know people that are listening to maybe not maybe you never read the bible and what me and tj are referring to is the fact that when jesus spoke most Bible translators and most people that print Bibles today in America and around the world will put the the conversation of Jesus Christ in red so you can distinguish between anybody else talking and then the Lord of glory talking. And one of these occasions happened to be found in Luke uh, 18, 
and it says here that he spoke a parable, which the word parable means story. So Jesus is telling a story to his disciples that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Another translation says men always ought to pray and never give up. So we're talking about Jesus. He's the one telling the story because Jesus knows a thing or two about resistance. So he's encouraging his disciples, his followers, that you should always pray and never give up. You know, and he's not going into there's demonic forces behind the scenes that are resisting your prayer and all that. But he's just telling them, listen, don't ever give up and always pray because prayer is resisted. And he tells a story about a judge who was unjust. And he tells a story about a little widow, right? Quite a contrast, uh, a judge and a widow. This widow keeps coming to this judge in the story of Luke 18. And he says, listen, I don't respect God. I don't respect man. And basically, I don't respect you, right, to the widow. But she doesn't do what? She doesn't stop. She just keeps bugging him. She just keeps bugging this judge. And finally, the judge says, give her whatever she wants. What do you want? She goes, I want justice from, for me from my adversary. He grants it. And then Jesus comes around and finishes the story and, and basically says, and I'm paraphrasing, did you hear what the unjust judge did? He rendered a just decision in the end so we took an unjust judge a crooked judge probably a judge that takes bribes probably a judge that you know is very selfish probably a judge that's very prideful i don't know what unjust judge means but i, I would assume it would mean those things so we just took an unjust person who happens to be a judge and made him make a, a just decision jesus said why because of persistence because the widow would not give up so we just turned a whole table on this whole situation and he goes on to say, and how much more shall God avenge his own elect who cry out to him day and night, though he bears long with them? I tell you the truth, verse 8 of Luke 18, he will avenge them speedingly. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? But verses 7 and 8 have this incredible promise from Jesus Christ, saying that if we're persistent, you know, how much more, he said, will God avenge his own elect, his own children, who cry out to him day and night? And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, he'll avenge him speedingly. So, TJ, let me ask you this. And you're always popping questions at me, right, oh, which I man. love. <laughs> Here it comes. But I want to ask you something. What is the rarest thing today in the church, and when I say the church, I mean the church worldwide, that you could think you would find? If you walked into a church today, what do you think would be one of the rarest things that you would find today in 2017 in a church man that's a tough question um there's a lot of things that i know are obvious to find in a church that i you know my mind goes to naturally but to think what is the rarest thing to find in a church um yeah man well i guess i would say you know it's not necessarily in a church but the rarest thing to find to me would say to be just able to walk up to a church that's unlocked right i remember my grandparents telling me stories you know like growing up that the church was always open for mm. anybody that needed to go yes um and nowadays it's like even our own church at coastal like we have expensive stuff in our right. church so we right. and we feel the need that we have to protect it right um you know our lights our speakers all that kind of computers that we mm. have in the back room so we we lock the doors yeah um and and i've actually i've experienced that where people have come to the doors and it's you know it's locked or I, i'm inside and i i open it up and i say hey can i help you or right. um you know are you looking for somebody in particular but our doors are pretty much always locked and i would imagine that that's the case at most churches and in, in america and even across the world now yeah i, I would agree you know what that's probably the rarest thing that you'll find today, 
openness to walk in anytime. I, I think of these big cathedrals that are in like Philly and New York even. Right. You know, they're locked. You know, they're locked at night. Uh, my brother uh, goes to a church and they just had this discussion in his church where they, they used to leave it open certain hours and people could go in quietly and pray, you know, and now it's locked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, I would agree with you. The rare, one of the rarest things you could find today is a church that's unlocked for people to go in and out as they please. Right. You know, to try to discover. You see these old movies on TV, always around Christmas time. You know, and and, and people just walk into a church and you know, at middle of the night, mm-hmm. and start talking to the Lord. You know, kneel down on a pew. Yeah. So you're right. That's rare. So I'm the question man though around here. So let's get that straight. Oh, okay. I I ask the questions. That's Chris. true. I'm so. sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> So let me flip the script on you, man. So what do you think the rarest thing to find in a church is? I would have to say the rarest thing that you would find today is what it says in Luke 18, verses 8 and 7, where Jesus made this incredible promise. He said, how much more will God avenge, avenge, avenge his own elect, his own children, who cry out to him, to God, day and night? He said, I tell you the truth, he will avenge them. Speedingly, I think the rarest thing that you'll ever discover on earth is somebody that cries out to God day and night. Hmm. I mean, you could probably count them on one hand. If you if you know anybody at all that cries out to God day and night, if you know anybody on your street, in your neighborhood, you know, keep expanding it with your hands. Go out to your yeah. town, go out to your state, now go to your church. Who in the world do you know that cries out to God day and night? You know, and and you know, where are they? Where are those people? Where are they that cry out to God day and night? Because if if they did, we would see a move of God more often than not. And I and I think that's one of the things that we got to get back to, is crying out to God day and night. I mean, this thing called persistence, which overcomes resistance. You know, it's incredible. It's a lot of power in that one word, persistence. Especially when you attach prayer to it. you can be persistent in a lot of things. You know, you can be persistent, uh, you know, with saving money. You can be persistent in, in your efforts to try to lose weight and all these things. Because if you're not persistent, you're not going to be successful because there's so much resistance to losing weight. There's so much resistance to saving money. Right now, it's, you know, the holiday season, Christmas, and we live in a consumer-oriented world today. You know, and it's so hard to save money sometimes. So hard to save money when you're raising kids and doing all these things. But if you're persistent, you'll get the job done. Now, when we when we equate that to prayer, the most powerful thing that anybody could ever do, talk to God, right? That's what prayer is. And, and accomplish things on the earth that cannot get done otherwise. Prayer, right? Without prayer. Man, being persistent in prayer is amazing because too, more often than not, we'll give up. And that's why Jesus took a whole chapter and talked about, you know, persistence in prayer and how important it is and don't give up and gave the story about a widow. And it's just incredible. And I think it's like a lost art kind of, mm. you know? Yeah. And I mean, so why, why do you, like we asked this in the beginning of the show, why do you think that's so important to Jesus that we are persistent? Is it because he wants us to come to him about everything? Like, we've said previously, like a father, you know, he, he desires that relation. He desires us to be in constant communication with us. Like what, what is it about persistence that God loves so much? Well, like I said before, you know, God has a will right. and he wants it done on earth. You know, one of the wills of God that everybody knows about that, uh, you know, that's in the church anyway, is 
God, uh, the scripture says that God would wish that none should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth, meaning none should go to hell, but all should come to faith in Jesus Christ, redeemed, you know, through the, through the sinless blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's God's will. God says, man, I want everybody to know Jesus, to receive him into their heart, be forgiven, and allow me to be their father. But that doesn't always happen. People resist Jesus Christ. Mm. People resist the truth. They resist the work of the cross, you know, but yet it's God's will, you know. So what I think why it's so important that Jesus is talking about persistence is because God's will is accomplished on earth through prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you accomplish God's will in your own personal life, in the lives of others, in the church, and around the world through prayer. Well, Chris, why isn't God's will being done everywhere, you know? <laughs> well, let's just start with this thing called prayer. Because prayer is, isn't, you know, there's not the importance on it. It's not on the front burner, you know, of our minds, of our hearts. We're not persistent in it. And uh, we just think it's, you know... Sometimes we think it's useless. And I'm, I'm talking to people that are listening right now that, that you know, they want to pray, but they've given up. Hmm. You know, they've, they've had that bad marriage and they've given up. They've had uh, things happen in their lives and they've given up. They've tried to get out of debt and they've given up. Why? Because Satan resists God's will on the earth. You know, he resists people that pray, you know. And so we got to be more persistent in our prayer lives to overcome the enemy. It's one thing the enemy can't handle is somebody that prays persistently, somebody that cries out to God day and night, somebody that's like a bulldog, you know, in heaven. I tell a story that in Woodstown, which you're very familiar with. <laughs> we always go back to uh, how do we Woodstown get back, and Salem County. <laughs> how do we get back to Salem County? But we do. And, well, this happens to do with a murder investigation that happened in Salem County. Oh, no. Murders don't happen in Salem County, uh, Chris. You must be mistaken with another county. No. Maybe Atlantic County or Camden County, not Salem County. Yeah, believe it or not, in the countryside of oh, uh, Salem County where, you know, it's God's country, right? Salem's yeah. County. I mean, it's beautiful down there. It is. But, yeah, a murder happened. A woman was actually left on the side of the road dead. Wow. Uh, we had no evidence. You know, nothing. We couldn't even identify her. She was what they call Jane Doe. That's what we had yeah. her listed as. And so when I talked to the lead detective about uh, this investigation, you know, I was collecting evidence, and I was talking to him about it. He's like, Chris, man, we got nothing. We got nothing on, on her. We got nothing uh, as far as any leads, any evidence, any physical, tangible evidence around the crime scene. We don't have anything. And he goes, I'm at a loss. And he goes, you know, Chris, this often happens, you know, what happens, because one thing we did know about the victim was she was a Hispanic, of her Hispanic nature, right? Um, but what he was telling me was that often with labor camps, you know, farm labor, that they'll go down to Mexico and areas like that, and they'll promise these girls the world if they come to America and work for them, and, and, and a lot in prostitution rings. So there's prostitution rings within the labor camp. Wow. They stay within their own uh, labor camp and with their own people and this particular woman was murdered so she was probably p- promised the world and all these things that you'll be able to send tons of money back to your family in Mexico and, and all this stuff and while he was telling me this TJ I was I was burning up inside I was like you mean to tell me that somebody went down to Mexico and brought this lady up here and made her do all these ungodly things and then they killed her and now you're telling me they're going to get away with her murder 
And I was just furious. And I left the barracks with the evidence I had to collect. And I'm, I'm, I'm on Route 40 right by Caltown. And I just stopped. And I called him back up on my cell phone. And I was like, Mike, you're going to have your suspect. And he was like, you know, you could picture him on the phone like, oh, really? What, did you, did you discover some evidence or something? I said, no, you're going to have your suspect because I'm going to be praying to God that this suspect surfaces. Because you know what I knew about God in Psalm 106? God is a God of justice, mm. right? So I went to church that very night, okay, to, to the church. I was stood on the pulpit. I said, there was a murder. There was this. There was that. I said, you know what we're going to do, church? We're going to pray, and we're going to pray until a suspect surfaces. And I locked this prayer, this murder investigation in on my prayer radar. I was like a bulldog. I cried out to God day and night. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, evidence surfaced. And then some more evidence surfaced. And then this, the investigative team went to the, went to the State Department in Washington, D.C., got permission to go to, to Mexico. They posted pictures of this woman's face on telephone poles all over the place. And this little girl, I know who she is, and I know who she crossed the border with. And then, as we continued to pray, they tracked down this guy in America who's from Mexico. In a 15-hour interview at a state police barracks, he confessed to that woman's murder. So we started with nothing but prayer, but it was persistent prayer because I was fueled by anger. And that's okay. You can be fueled by anger. Whatever's going to fuel your persistence, usually... Persistent people that are in prayer, it's because they're up against the wall. Their right. marriage is up against the wall. Their finances are up against the wall. Their children are up against the wall. You know, the enemy's coming in like a flood all over their lives. And there's tons of people like that all over. Maybe even listen to this broadcast right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you right now that your, your most powerful weapon right now is, yes, prayer. But even addition to that is persistent prayer. Study the scriptures. Pray about it. Ask God to teach you how to be persistent. And you will get your victory, just like we did in that murder investigation. Wow, Chris, that that's an amazing story, man. That's awesome. Um, I just have another question for you, though, buddy. Now, what happens if you're praying all of those prayers of persistence and you're praying all the time, day and night, but you're still not getting an answer to prayer? Now, we talked about resistance. You know, we could be the resistance. We could be the, the resistance that's holding our prayer back. But there's another kind of resistance that I, I want to talk about. Um, and we touched on it a little bit, um, but I know that Daniel 10 dives into it even more. And, oh, and what, yeah, what, what resistance is that and how, how can that be overcome? Yeah, it's resistance from the enemy himself. Uh, and like I said in the beginning, you know, Satan hates prayer. Well, I don't know if I said that, but Satan does hate prayer. But I did say that he resists prayer. Yes. You know, for obvious reasons. But in Daniel chapter 10, which a lot of people don't know about, there is a story of Daniel praying. And, and then as a result of Daniel praying, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 10 that on the first day that Daniel started praying, he was heard in heaven. That's what the scripture says. However, he was heard in heaven, but he didn't see any physical answer to prayer, any tangible answer. So you could be praying at your house, you know, and on the first day that you start praying for your children to come back to Christ, for your son to be delivered from addiction or whatever it may be, for you to get out of debt, whatever it is. On the first day, you could be heard in heaven, but then the resistance comes. Even though you were heard in heaven, the resistance comes. And Daniel chapter 10 gives us a picture of that. It says that an angel was released, sent on his way to Daniel with a message. However, he was held up by the prince of Persia, it says in Daniel chapter 10, otherwise known as the devil, 
right? So here is an answer to prayer on its way, and who's holding it up is Satan, okay? The Bible goes on to say that Michael, the archangel, had to come out of heaven to, to render assistance to this uh, other angel, whoever this other angel was, and he set that other angel free. Finally, that other angel comes all the way down to earth and appears before Andal, uh, Daniel and says this, basically, and I'm paraphrasing again because I don't have it open before me, but he basically says, bro, I'd have been here a lot earlier, right? But I was held up by, by the enemy, you know what I mean? But on the first day you were heard, Daniel, on the first day you prayed, you were heard, and I'm here in an answer to your prayer. So Satan resists prayer. But the thing about it was Daniel continued to pray. He didn't shut down his prayer. You know what I mean? He didn't, he didn't sh throw off the light switch and give up and throw in the towel, which we are tempted to do. I know, I know, you know many times in my life I've given up right. on Same. prayer. Yeah, there's yeah. things that I said, that ain't never going to happen. Pray about it one, two, three, four, five, maybe six, seven times. Even gets uglier before my eyes, you know. And yeah, I, and I've given up. And especially in the world that we live in these days, like we expect everything to happen right away. You know, yes. it's the it's the fast food culture that we live in in America. So right. we expect to throw a prayer up maybe one or two, three times, like you said. And we're if we're not getting an answer right away within the first couple of days, you know, we think something's wrong. You know, or God God doesn't want to answer this prayer, or you know, right. you might I'm not jump, praying along God's will. Exactly. So you might jump to all those different conclusions. Um, but so if you're listening out there today and you're not getting an answer to prayer, we want to know that there could be other things going on behind the scenes that you might not see right. or even understand. So good. So true. That's biblical. What, what we're talking about is in the Bible. Right. You know, and, and I was just talking to a gentleman with his marriage. Uh, his wife said she's leaving him. She fell in love with another man on Facebook and like all this crazy stuff. And I said, you know, bro, we're just going to pray persistently for your marriage because I don't believe it's God's will, you know, for a marriage to, to although it happens, for a marriage to disintegrate, right? right. Because the Bible says God hates divorce, right? Mm -hmm. Does it happen? Yeah, it happens. But God doesn't, doesn't like it. So he's like, well, I'm not sure. This is what he tells me back. And it's honest feedback, you know, we're going, and he's like, I'm not sure what God's will is for a marriage. Maybe it is God's will for us to be gone. So right now when I'm talking to him about it, I knew he didn't have the confidence to pray persistently so i said well let's back up a minute what is god's will for your wife and he thought about it for a moment he said well i said is it god's will for your for your wife to live a, a joyous life experiencing him as a father through jesus christ is it is it for her to live you know victoriously in jesus christ is that god's will for her yeah i would agree that that is definitely god's will my marriage i'm not sure about but for her to live victoriously for jesus christ yes i said well why don't we pray for that then you know, forget about your marriage. And if you don't have the confidence to pray that it's God's will, you believe with me that it's God's will for your wife to surrender her life to Jesus Christ. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. So I said, well, then let's go with that. If that's all we got, they're going to pray persistently for that. You know what I mean? For her to surrender her life because First John five fourteen says, we pray anything according to God's will, he hears us. Now, listen, we're just getting started in this. When I'm talking about this marriage, right, we don't see the fruit yet. But if we give up right now, today, you know, after this broadcast, I might even call him after this broadcast and just pray with him on, on the phone. But listen, if we give up, right, TJ, on this man's marriage, if I just throw in the towel, because let's say he calls me later this afternoon and says, Chris, she did this, that, and the other. She's on Facebook again or whatever. And I say, you know what? Let's forget about it. 
Let's just let's just forget about it. Yeah, move let's on. Just, let's yeah. move on. Let's forget about that murder investigation. So what? She's a Jane Doe. You don't have evidence? Not my problem. I'm not going to pray about it because I don't know what's going to happen anyway. No. What did Jesus say in Luke 18, 1? Men always ought to pray and not give up. You go down swinging in prayer. That's what you do. You face the enemy with prayer. You defeat the enemy with prayer. You win victories with prayer. Persistent prayer is how you get the job done. Amen. I just feel fired up right now. I feel like preaching right now. Yeah, man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, thinking about that man's marriage just got me fired up. So, uh, and I'm not giving up. You know, I'm not giving up. And I don't want him to give up either. We're going to be like bulldogs, just like we were on that murder investigation. So, yeah. Good stuff, right? Yeah. So you keep it persistent, man. You keep praying for that guy's marriage and you keep, you know, you, you keep to it because if you're not necessarily seeing answers to prayer, just because you're not seeing it right now doesn't mean that it's not going to happen, you That's know, right. and there could be things going on behind the scenes, like we said, that are, are holding that up. Um, Absolutely. You know, so things that are going on in her life that we don't know about that could be holding that up. So you just keep on it. Anything in your life, anything that's that's causing you um, hurt or pain or struggling, um, you just keep praying about it and, and just don't give up because it's all about persistence. And that's what we want to get out to people today. Amen. Amen. Yeah, if, if that's it. It's persistence overcomes resistance. Like we said in the beginning of the show, don't you give up. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on anything, especially when you know God doesn't want you to. So with that, we're going to close this thing out, TJ. I think we're out of time. We are out of time officially. So we just want to say thank you for listening and uh, don't give up. God bless you until the next broadcast. This has been the Worry Less, Pray More show. We want to thank you for listening today. If you'd like any more information on anything Chris is doing, you can visit worrylesspraymore.com. Or you can download the Worry Less, Pray More app available in the App Store and Google Play. Also, be sure to get a copy of Chris's book or download a free ebook from the website. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week.